Welcome to the Van Patten Podcast. Not vegan, not politically correct, just a whole lot of fun. up guys we are back and better than ever before no we did not catch the covids we are here we are healthy it's been an incredible year for myself um and to fill you in a little bit about what we've been doing the last year man life has hit me very fast i got married to my beautiful best friend um she is now pregnant with our first son he is due in april um, so a lot of great things. We had to just take a little bit of time off, kind of focus on the family. Um, but here we are, back and better than ever before. Now, on this podcast, we're going to switch it up a little bit. We typically talk a lot outdoor-related stuff, some hunting, some fishing, trapping. Um, and honestly, in the past year, I haven't done a, haven't done a lot of it. Um, we went fishing quite a bit this year. Hunting was really slow for us. Um, moving into our new house, um, planning our wedding, getting that stuff going. So took a little bit of time off this year. Of course, we wet some lines. Oregon had an incredible drought, so um, and a lot of heat as well. Um, but we did get a little bit of fishing in. But today we're going to talk about UFC 269. This last weekend of fights was absolutely incredible. I mean. The, the catchphrase is, anything is possible, huh? I watched the entire fights, and I'm still, and it's Monday morning here, and I'm still surprised with some of the results. Um, and we're going to kind of break some of that stuff down for you guys. And uh, so let's jump into it. Man, did those prelims come in hot and heavy. A lot of first-round knockouts, a lot of first-round submissions, um, and some pretty good wars. But I've got to start with the Tuivasa fight. Um, I think Tai Tuivasa is a star in the making. He was on a three-fight winning streak, all by pretty devastating knockouts. And uh, comes in here, second-round knockout, um, demolishes his opponent. Um, He's on a four-fight win streak now, capping him off at... uh, what is it? 14 and 3 MMA, 7 and 3 UFC. Um, got a pretty good record. And who doesn't love watching the shoeies? Um, this man will knock you out, take your shoe off, put some beer in it, spit in it, and then chug that down right into your face, which I think is hilarious. Now, apparently, the inside word is that he was talked to pretty extensively by the UFC about doing those shoeies. They're not super jacked about people throwing shoes and beers at him after they win. Um, But man, this guy is a star in the making. And then to kind of jump around a little bit, we get this Dominic Cruz uh, Munoz fight which, you know, I had Cruz winning. He comes in the first round. He's looking light on his feet. He's got that weird Dominic Cruz style. Um, but in the middle of the first round, he gets clipped 
and is hurt pretty badly. I thought it was over for him right there. Um, shows an amazing championship heart um, and amazing cardio to recover that quickly. Um, and then, you know, second, third round, he just shows a master class of head movement um, and off timing. You know, his jabs are just never timed in a traditional fashion, his movement in and out, switching stances so much, those leg kicks, you really can't, um, you really can't put it past him, man. He he cut uh, Munoz near his headline in the second round and just really started to lay it on him pretty quickly. Um, judges scored the second round 10-9, which I agree with. Um, third round, kind of more of the same weird movements, um, that Dominic Cruz style. And, um, again, I think, uh, Dominic Cruz is, is moving his way up, man. I haven't seen Dominic Cruz look like that in years. Um, it's almost like when he was fighting the team alpha male guys, um, and, and nobody could figure it out. Um, it is awesome to see a man come back from that many injuries, that much time off. I mean, he's one of the most intelligent individuals in the MMA space, and you can see it in his fights. Um, really great showing for him. Um, can't wait to see who he fights next. Speaking of Team Alpha Male, you had one of their own in Josh Emmett versus Dan Ige come out right after Dom Cruz's fight. Um, and my goodness, did these boys just come out and start throwing. Um, not a lot of takeaways from this fight for me personally, other than Josh Emmett, when he swings, he swings hard. He's built like a shit brick house, and every single time he's throwing, it is with every single bit of his person. Um, I thought he landed a couple good f flurries um, and ended up winning in decision unanimously 29-28. Um, and you know, this is coming off of a really bad ACL injury for him. He blew his ACL out. Uh, the surgeries didn't go well for him. So it's awesome to see, uh, kind of a redemption for him. Team Alpha Male, of course, you, you get a lot of those wrestlers. Didn't see a lot of wrestling in this fight. It was more just throwing haymakers and, and just throwing bombs, um, I don't think that there was many takedowns from Emmett himself, um, but man, did he just come out swinging. Then we move into the first fight of the night on the main card, Sean O'Malley versus uh, Pieva. Um, a lot of people had some controversy putting um, the O'Malley fight above Dominic Cruz. I think the star power of O'Malley is showing there. Sugar Show is taking over. Um, it was a real masterclass of striking again from O'Malley. He defeats him in the first round with punches. Four minutes, 42 seconds. Um, O'Malley had a great jab on him all night long. Great head movement. Um and so I'm interested to see what is next for him. He came in unranked, the unranked champion, as he's calling himself. I don't think he's going to be unranked for very much longer. Um, I believe his opponent was 15 when they started fighting, so I wouldn't be surprised if he is, if he is 15, uh, maybe 14th 
in the uh, Bantamweight division after that. So another huge win from O'Malley. Um, his star power is really showing, like I said. He had some words after the fight for DC's commentary, and it was kind of the... Um, the message all all weekend long um you know of course you had dominic cruz calling dc out saying he didn't do any of his homework um and then o'malley calling him out about being lopsided or biased with his commentary and uh calling him out for looking at the clock which i thought was a little bit interesting probably a little bit of that male drama stuff but uh good showing for Sugar Show, um, like I said, I think the unranked champ is probably going to get ranked. Uh, listening to some of his interviews this morning, it sounds like he's ready to move up the division, but he doesn't want to move quickly. He kind of realizes that once you get into that top 10, top 5 position, you're only fighting those guys. And so I think he's pretty comfortable fighting these unranked or very low-ranked guys, getting his star power up a little bit more, um, getting some more money into the bank. And then, you know, finally moving up. I believe he's only 27 years old, so he's definitely got a lot of time before he needs to start thinking about winning the belt. That's for dang sure. Um, and then second fight was the garbrandt Kyra france fight. Um, Kai came out, and he had a lot of words before the fight. Um, he's talking a lot of smack on Cody, saying that he was going to drop down to flyweight and still realize that these guys have some knockout power. And and I couldn't agree with him more. Um, but when we look at Kai and really the whole City Kickboxing team, my goodness, was 2020 good for them. Um, City Kickboxing, um, you may be familiar with the names like Dan Hooker, um, Izzy. Of course, Kai's coming out of there. All those dudes have looked exceptional um, in the past two years. They kind of locked themselves down. Oh, I forgot about Volkanovsky as well. He's out of city kickboxing. But uh, 2020, they just locked themselves down in New Zealand, didn't really leave the gym. Um, and I don't think any of them have looked better than um, this year after all of that stuff that has happened. Kai's got an amazing right hand on him. Um, great movement again. And it makes me wonder what's next for Cody Garbrandt, man. He, of course... Uh, was a Bantamweight champion for a little while. Um, had some good wars with Dominic Cruz, TJ Dillashaw. Um, you know, those wars with TJ Dillashaw. They haven't, I don't believe they've proven that he was on EPO the first time they fought. Pretty sure they've determined that he was on EPO the second time. I don't think that takes anything away from Cody or TJ, really. I think most of these guys are on EPO. Um, they just don't know how to test for it yet. But Cody Garbrandt, man, last few losses he's had have been by pretty devastating knockout. You know, his new nickname online is Cody Nochin. Um, and it makes me worried for his career. Um, oftentimes, guys with uh, those devastating knockouts are kind of looking to get cut. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me, as ruthless as the UFC has been this year with their... With their um, how would you say, uh, the way that they've been managing their roster wouldn't surprise me to, to not see him um, in 2022. Um, I think he's going to have to stay in flyweight. Uh, he looked pretty unhealthy getting on that scale. He said the weight cut was fine, but, man, he looked, he looked skinny. Uh, and maybe a little bit of that 
lack of a chin was because of all the water weight that he cut prior to the fight. Um, of course, you know, coming from a bantamweight, he had a little bit more room to play with that water. Um, flyweight looks like he's cutting every ounce of water out of him before he steps on the scale. But, man, Kai looked amazing. Like I said, I can't speak enough um, good graces about the guys from City Kickboxing. They are they're taking over. New Zealand is taking over. Um, and then we can move into that Jeff Neal fight. Um, Jeff Neal's been calling a lot of guys out. Um, and he ends up beating Santiago. Split decision. So I've heard, you know, some people were back and forth on it. I thought Neal won the entire fight. Um, that last three-punch combo that he landed off at the end of the round, um, I think, leans him towards that 10-9. Um, fight ended up in a 29-28 split decision. Um with Neil coming on top. And then we get into something I really wanted to talk about. One of the reasons I'm recording this podcast today. Next fight, we got the Amanda Nunes, Julia Pena fight and upset of the century. Spoiler alert, upset of the century. I think a lot of people lost some money with this fight. Um, Julie Pena came out, um, and the first round, man, I was I was thinking it was going, um, I think it was going Nunez's way, but it looked like in the second round, she started to get a little bit tired. Um, some of the striking exchanges that they had, um, you could tell that Amanda was just getting a little bit slower, um, and made me start to wonder exactly what was happening, um, but... Pena weathered the striking st storm and chose maybe her best striking we have ever seen from her. Um, she's known more to be a jiu-jitsu specialist um, and finishes it off with a second-round submission rear naked choke um, and is now looking to be the baddest mom on the planet, um, which I think is a great uh, title. I'm hoping the UFC works that up. Um, I wonder if the immediate rematch is on the way. Um, of course, with Amanda being such a such a dominating champion for so long, it would make sense that there's an immediate rematch. But the question really is: Does Amanda want it? Um, is she just going to move up weight and just defend that belt? Is she done? I mean, there's an argument to be made that. What else does Amanda have to have to do in this in this organization anymore? I mean, that's, she's beat all of the greatest fighters. Excuse me, she's beat all of the greatest fighters. Um, so you know, what is she? What what does Amanda have planned? I mean, she's got that new family. She has a, a brand new baby girl. Um, so is she done with the sport? I don't know. I mean. Um, Pena would love to coach with her on the Ultimate Fighter. It sounds like a few years ago they were trying to get that worked up, but Amanda kept dodging it. Um, at least those are Pena's words. Um, so interesting to see. I mean, Dana White said it was one of the biggest ups, upsets in UFC history next to GSP versus Sierra. Um, so I'm interested to see what Amanda Nunes does. So glad and happy for Pena. Um, did not see this coming. Um, but, you know, like I said, anything is possible. 
A little side note, though, um, that I'm not sure a lot of you heard about. Um, Michael Chiesa is a training partner of Pena up in uh, Spokane, Washington. They've been training with Misha Tate um, for years. And as soon as uh, Pena won, Michael Chiesa jumped from the audience and tried to get into the ring, smashed the living shit out of his face, got a cut. I mean, he's one of the only UFC guys on the roster that I can think of that isn't in a fight and still gets injured on a fight. I think that's absolutely hilarious. Um, but anyways, he gets he gets hammered, falls on his face, and get and gets kicked out of uh, the Staples Center, which uh, a little bit embarrassing for him. I mean, I understand uh, Kenya being his girl, but wow, I wonder what the UFC is gonna how how the UFC is gonna treat that. Um, you know, this is, I will say, this is the first time Amanda's lost since 2014. So I'm interested to see how she handles any of this stuff. Like I said, is she coming back? Um, is she just going to move up and defend her title? Is she going to try to, you know, work her way back up the ranks? I imagine immediate rematch is there if she wants it. Dana kind of confirmed that already. Um, but congratulations to Pena. Um, amazing jujitsu on display. And like I said, I think some of the best striking that we've ever seen from her. Um, she's only getting better. She's still a pretty young fighter. Um, she had some words to say about Amanda and uh, her being, well, Pena being the birth mom and that Amanda didn't actually birth her child. And so she said, oh, well, I'm not the only real mom who's won a championship. I wonder if that's going to fire up Amanda to come in and, and try to knock her block off this time. Um, very interested to see what those, uh, what this comes out to. I'll keep you guys updated if I hear anything about that fight happening. I imagine it'll take, you know, be the first quarter of next year that we'll even hear about the fight. I'm sure Pena's going to milk this as long as possible. Nunez is going to go into uh, hiding for a little bit, nurse her wounds, and then and then we'll finally have our decision. And then the last fight of the night, Charlie O versus Dustin Poirier. Dustin the Diamond Poirier. And I have to say, I was super biased towards Dustin Poirier. I think he's one of my favorite fighters. The Connor trilogy made me even a bigger fan. I think he's super humble. Um, just kind of what we look for in martial artists, at least what I look for in martial artists, kind of hate this whole bravado thing that Connor McGregor's brought to the sport. Dustin's kind of always been his, been in the same lane, very humble, very respectful. Um, not that Charlie O is, isn't. Um, Charles Oliveira is very humble in his own right. I do wish this dude would learn a little bit of English because listening to him translate or having somebody translate his Portuguese to English just kind of, I think it hurts his star power a little bit, makes it harder to interview him. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the fight went kind of, I imagine like Charles Oliveira wanted it to go. Um, he got him on the ground almost every single round and ended up winning um, with a submission via rear naked choke in the third round, about a minute in. Um, but shows the character of Dustin Poirier. He win, lose, or draw. Um, he decided to donate 20K to Oliver's ch charity of choice. Um, so, you know, like I said, Dustin is... 
he is just an impeccable dude. Um, but Oliveira beats Poirier by tapping him out. That's a 10th straight victory by Charles. It also gives him the record for the most admissions um, in the UFC um, with 15. Um, so you knew that Dustin uh, was planning for having a backpack on him um, and getting into that ground game. A um, little bit surprising the positions that he put himself in. I mean, he lost exactly the same way two years ago to Khabib. Um, so Dustin says that he can get back to the belt if he wants to. He's just not sure if he wants to or not. Um, so the question is, will he go back to the drawing board like he did when he lost to Khabib? Because after that fight with Khabib, he went on a, he went on a tear, man. The Dan Hooker fight, which I think is maybe one of the fights of the year. Um, of course the Connor fights, his striking's amazing. Um, when you get up to that top three position, um, it look in the lightweight division, the ground game is really what matters. It seems like, um, but for Oliveira, um, amazing, amazing submissions. It seems like uh, Justin Gaethje's next. Dana kind of confirmed that stuff. Um, so I'm excited to see that fight. Justin has amazing takedown defense. Of course, same thing kind of happened to Gaethje when he fought the previous champion, Khabib. So it makes me wonder, is he going to be in the same position as Poirier? Um, you know, uh, Charlie O um, says that he has opportunistic jujitsu. Um, he doesn't rely completely on it. He just as soon as he sees a submission, he'll go for it. Um, with Gaethje being a D one wrestler, he's great at the takedown defense. But as soon as he gets into the ground, he he gives his neck up quite a bit. When he tries, he doesn't really do a jujitsu style stand up. Does more of that wrestling stand up. So he's posting on the ground with a lot of his arms which can lead to arm bars, Kimuras, um, anaconda chokes, uh, a million different submissions that I'm sure Charlie O can see. So interested to see if that, when that fight happens, exactly what goes down. Um, Olivera said that he would love to defend the belt in Brazil against Dustin, or excuse me, against Justin Gaethje. Um, of course, the world... The world the way that it is around COVID, we don't know if we, we're even going to get guys into Brazil, but interested to see um, exactly how that goes. Then we get into the uh, post-fight press conference. Um, I was amazed to see Dustin get up there. Um, he was a little bit shooken up after losing the opportunity to get to the belt, but just kind of shows his character and even being willing to go and talk to the press about it. Um, and then we had Dana White confirm Justin getting the next fight. And then also um, there was some talks about the Izzy-Rob Whitaker fight. Um, I believe Hunter Campbell made it uh, made him sign. I believe it's a signed thing. But Izzy posted on Twitter that it was a lie. So I'm interested to see how that goes. Does Izzy not want to fight him? Um you know exactly what's happening there and then we get into kind of an interesting segue here um the ufc teamed up with call of duty this weekend for a two hundred fifty thousand dollar tournament um with max holloway on um, their new Cord 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 cordova map 
definitely not pronouncing that correctly, but, you know, stand with me. Um, Caldera, there it is. I was going to get there eventually. Um, so interested to see, uh, I was not able to find who won that fight. I know Dr. Disrespect was in there. Um, Ninja was in there, a couple notable streamers. Um, and so I jumped on and played a little bit interesting new map. Um, they've went straight back to world war two, which bums me out. I'm, I'm getting a little tired of the world war one, world war two, um, games. I mean, Warzone was kind of fun because it was a modern guns, modern times, and they brought it back with Caldera, and, and now it's back to World War II. I mean, it makes sense with the Vanguard, um, the Call of Duty Vanguard that they dropped. Of course, it's one of the worst Call of Duty games by the numbers that they've ever produced. Um, a lot of bugs on the map so far, um, but interesting that the UFC and uh, Call of Duty is kind of um, bumping uglies there with a $250,000 tournament. Um, like I said, wasn't able to find out who won, did a little bit of research this morning, but was unable to find anybody um, that won it. But what do you guys think of the new Call of Duty maps? Are you guys playing Warzone? Are we completely moved off playing Battlefield 2042? Um, or are you just too focused on everything else to play video games? Uh, let me know. Hit me up on Instagram, Van Patten Productions. Um, either on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, we've got a Twitch as well. We're streaming some mobile games and the Caldera map. So uh, let me know what you guys think. That's it. That's all for today, folks. Um, please hit the like button, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review wherever you're listening to it. It really helps us out. We're going to try to start pushing these guys out again, maybe one every week or every two weeks. Um, I really enjoy doing this stuff and uh, appreciate all the support that we've gotten in the past year. I've been hit up a hundred times by people um, asking me to jump back on here and do this. So thank you guys for the support um, and I hope you guys have a great week.